starting a new series today. If you're a guest, I'm talking to you, but don't think that, oh, this church, they just be talking about money all the time. That is not the truth at all. The last time we did a series anywhere around money, we kind of went back with the dates and it was like eight years ago. So don't think that you're a guest and you're coming here and that's what they talk about. That is not true. But it's something that we do talk about because with the series, the name of our series is called Money Matters because that's a fact. Money matters. I, I subtitled this today, First and Besties. I want to uh, share with you something that we're all, those who are preaching on this series, we're all going to open up with this statement so that it kind of sets a pulse for this. Though we each have different subjects, we're going to be covering themes in this area. It's a big, big area. Matter of fact, today I'm taking off my, I, I love preaching, but today I'm taking that hat off and just sticking on a teaching hat. So go with me for just a few minutes teaching in this area. Here's, here's our statement I would like to read to you this morning. People have lots of different uh, views, opinions, memories, and ideas pertaining to money. We recognize that it can be a touchy uh, topic and that people can particularly be skeptical about church leaders talking about it from the stage. It's been almost eight years since we preached on this series on finances. That being said, it is a topic that impacts all of our lives. How many, does, how many, how many is in here in, impacted by money? Just raise your hand. The rest of you are lying. You got to church today in a vehicle you bought or rented or something, put gas in it. Come on, somebody. It impacts us all. It's a topic that Jesus taught uh, about often. And it's a topic that we as shepherds feel responsible to teach about so that the church can be equipped to have a healthy, somebody say healthy, biblical relationship with money. We have come to the conclusion, no matter who you are, money matters. And if it doesn't matter to you, you just go ahead and give it to me and I'll take care of it, okay? <laughs> Number one issue in marriages, guess what it is? Who's married? You ever dis discuss money? All the time. You have two people. One was raised on welfare. The other one was raised a millionaire. And all of a sudden, you come together. One's a saver. One's a spender. One's like budget. One's like budget. That's exactly the truth. Well, you may not be millionaire in welfare, but you know, you're raised all over the place. Radine and I got married, and all of a sudden, I just want to look at her and go, woman, what are you doing with my money? What are you doing with my money, man? I just, I just, I just, I just got a check yesterday, and it's like gone, yo. And then my buddy, Wayne Hungate, says, J.O., you got a budget? I go, a budget? What do I need a budget for? Man, I make this every month and we spend it. J.O., get a budget. Got a budget. Rating laid it out on this accountant paper just so beautifully. And you know what? I don't think we've ever fought since. Now all I got to do is that's where the money goes. 
Are you following that? It wasn't her, it was me, and it was us not having a budget to see where everything went. 16 out of 38 parables that Jesus spoke on dealt with stewardship, money, biblical stewardship, all dealing in that whole area. 25% of what Jesus spoke on deals with money, biblical stewardship, and possessions. Are you following that? You, you, some of y'all need to take notes. Over 2,000 verses is concerning money, stewardship, and possessions. More than all faith and prayer verses combined. All of them combined. So it's like, why would we only speak every eight years on it? It's because, man, people are touchy in this area. And I refuse to be intimidated by it touchy about it because I'm so glad people trained me early or as soon as I got born again in this area and throughout my life in the area of finances. Money has a way to impact relationships. You ever had a partner before in business? <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Somebody feels me. It gets into our souls into our very hearts. Us as leaders, we're responsible for the souls of the sheep or to help you with that. Listen to what the Bible says, Hebrews 13, 17. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive for they watch out for your souls. We watch out for your souls. And I know how this subject can impact your soul. I'll tell you about it in just a minute. Listen to this. It says in uh, Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, it doesn't say, we like to say, for where your heart is. No. For where your treasure is. <laughs> for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I can look at your wallet, I can look at your visa, I can look at your, your budget and see kind of where your heart is, according to the Bible. Matthew 16, 6, 24. For no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. That mammon, in the Greek, it means where it is personified and opposed to God. Can't serve both of those. Man, there's a whole teaching on that word man and I don't have I don't even have time with the notes that I have today but I'm just going to preach pretty much teach until I kind of run out of time this is a big subject very 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 big is your money your master or do you have a mission for your money Radine and I was just talking yesterday I hope she doesn't mind if I say this because we're talking about the Thanksgiving offering coming up. And we are very missional-minded when it comes to our giving. And so we've been praying about what we're going to give on our Thanksgiving offering. So we discussed it. Thanksgiving, if you don't know what that is, thanksgiving. And we give near and far all over the wall. And we looked at each other, and I told her what I was thinking, and she told me what she was thinking. And it was only $200 off. And we went with the highest because we want to be generous. David gave out of his own treasury. And then leaders followed. 
And we want to be missional in our giving. The bottom line at Heart of the City Church, we give because we love. Everything else is awkward, weird, I think very jacked up. We follow that. That's theologically our statement out of John 3.16. For God so loved, he gave his greatest possession. My topic today, I'm kind of assigned, I chose to because it can be more of a hot topic or challenging topic. My, my topic is on tithing first fruits first, first and best. I think it's such a beautiful principle to give our first and our best to our Father. I believe that with every fiber cell blood drop in my body. Did it before I was ever on staff. Because I believe it's a principle. I don't think it's a law, but I do see it as a principle. Why do I think it's a principle? Because hear me on this. Number one mention. First mentions tithing or who tithed was a guy named Abraham before the law. He gave Melchizedek 10% of all. And it says you'll read about it in Hebrew. Well, you can read about it in Genesis 14, 20. But Gen, uh, Hebrews uh, 7, 2, we're in the very beginning of that scripture. It says, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all. Now, I want you to f- remember this word right here. Abraham. Who does Abraham remind you? What does Abraham remind you of? Who said that? Thank you. Faith. I want to get back to that in a few minutes because that's where the issue is. J.O., it's, it's Old Testament. It's, that, that's, that's the Old Testament. Well, I love the Old Testament. I know who created all the heavens and earth because of the Old Testament. Genesis 1.1. I know that I was fearfully, wonderfully made because of the Old Testament. Psalm 139.14. Come on, somebody. I know that I should not abort babies because of Jeremiah chapter 1. He knew me before the womb. So Old Testament, you dang straight. Because we have so many principles and truths that we live by. And that's just a few, right? I don't murder you because I'm going to not steal from you because all these things are beautiful principles that we learn from a place called the Old Testament. But to me, it's still a principle because the principle was this principle was before the law and it's all about honoring the father. Are you with me on that? Very, very important that you understand that the principle is on honoring the father. Radian and I was picked up one time by a worship leader to go preach somewhere. And I was like, bro, your car is sick, man. It was a Mercedes and it was spotless. And I got in there. I was afraid to move in it, right? He was really cool. And I could tell that he drove it with integrity and it was a nice. And I says, hey, man, if you ever want to sell this, you know, it's just kind of like probably never going to happen. If you ever want to sell this car, would you just let me know? And he says, I'll do that, J.O. 
And so years later, he calls me. He says, hey, I told you I would let you know and I want to sell it. And man, it was an older Mercedes. I knew how he took care of it and I could actually afford it. It was spotless. And we got that Mercedes and it was Ray Dean and my two little kids. And two little kids, they don't understand how daddy likes that Mercedes. <laughs> they like slamming the doors with the seat belts in it and crackers everywhere. And I'm like, and I found something in my heart <laughs> that I, I just started becoming like a jerk. I was like, I don't want y'all to even talk in this car hardly. <laughs> and it was just wrong. It was, I love my kids. And we, 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 we called her Margo. Margo. And got about 340,000 miles out of it. And then I sold it for like 500 bucks. But, but something about it got stuck in my heart. Materialism. I don't want that to happen to me. And being generous and tithing and giving, I promise, will break that in your life. Sometimes I look through my clothes and I go, I got too many clothes. I'm taking something to market the heart. I, want, I don't want to be greedy. I don't want to be materialistic. I want to be generous. There's all kinds of camps in here today. We're all from different camps when it comes to tithing, and that's okay. Here's some of the camps that I think of. You're new, and you're like, I don't know what tithing is. We don't use that word, you know, at Red Robin. I don't know what tithing is. That's one. Another one is you always tithe. Some of you probably occasionally tithe. Some of you have never tithed. And then there's some in here, and I get it, they don't believe in the tithe because uh, they don't believe it's New Testament. Or, yeah, exactly, they don't believe it's New Testament. Well, I, I say just for a minute, just remove the word tithe for a minute and just think about 10% generosity to honor the Father. <laughs> I think it's very simple. And it could be more than that, but I think, wow, what a good place to start when it comes to, listen, honoring the Father who gives us everything. Jim Durkin was uh, one of the greatest men of God I know who saw thousands and thousands of Jesus freak hippies become Jesus freak, northern Idaho back in the 60s and 70s. And he taught us on you give God 10%, you save 10%, and the rest you deal with other things. It was a simple thing, but it really impacted my life in a very huge way. I'm so thankful for people like that. Tithing for me, somebody say for J.O. For J.O., it's not generosity because I believe that for me, it's returning to God what's already his. Okay, that's for me. I don't want your emails. I don't want your criticism. This is J.O., and I think J.O. is right according to the scriptures, but nevertheless, it's J.O., okay? Tithing for me, personally, I think generosity begins after that, but for me, I believe that that 10% is the Father out of principle. I'll get to principle in a minute. The Bible says tithe. Listen, you got to see law on this one. You ready? Tithe is holy to the Lord, belongs to God. 
first best. See la. We were, we've been singing, he's holy, right? I think there's certain things that's holy to God. Tithing for me is not offerings. Tithing for me is not charitable giving. Tithing for me is not giving to a missionary. Tithing for me is not giving to someone on TV or another ministry. Those things are all wonderful. I encourage you to do any of those as God leads you. But tithing to me is God unto him my first fruits, my very best off the top. Tithing is that 10%. It's a principle. Why do you say it's a principle, J.O.? Hear me on this. Why is it a principle? Well, first of all, I remind you, it was before the law. you got to get that down deep in your heart. Say that with me, before the law. Can something become law? Yeah. I could preach it legalistically. I don't want to do that. I want to I want to bring it forth in the spirit of Jesus representing the church and our eldership because we don't believe it's a law. So what makes it a difference between principle and law? One thing is that you don't have to give God a dime to be loved by him. (laughs) You don't have to give God a dime to get into heaven. (laughs) He's, He's done all of that. He did the heavy lifting. He did the big giving. We do it because of what he's done for our love and honor unto him. At least that's that's why I give it. Why is it a principle? Because I see it before the law. I see it. Is it in the law? Absolutely. I also believe Jesus fulfilled the law. Right? He fulfilled the law. I see it a chapter and a half <laughs> before, Malachi, before Matthew in a chapter called uh, a book called Malachi. I also see Jesus speaks to the Pharisees about tithing, and we we hear about it in Hebrews. Law is a thing that you must do. Principle is something that I choose to practice. Practice. First of all, if you tithe in here, I would never know it. I wouldn't know if you did or you didn't. I keep that away because the way that money is, it'll get all in your soul. It's like, oh, Logan tithes and Pat doesn't? I don't want that. I don't want that in my heart. I don't know what you give. But God does. And that's what's important. That's, 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 that's what's important. This principle is to do, is to honor the Father. Like, like church. I, I go to church every week, typically. Not always if I'm on vacation, take a break, or if I'm going to do something. You know, but typically, I go to church. Is it because it's a law? It's not a law. It's because I want to. It's a principle I practice. My kids do things for Radine and I that are beautifully honoring. And they do it to honor us, and it blesses my heart. What I do in this area, I want to bless the Father. I want him to know you're first. I want him to know I honor him and that I love him. How many, how many 
real ways can we show God that we honor and love him? What tithing does and who it's for and what it stands for is very important principle in my personal life. The Bible says, for where your treasure is, you know the rest of it, don't you? And I want God to know that he is in my heart. <clears throat> I'm highly, con I chose to choose to speak on this because I get highly concerned with this generation. This generation is really biblically illiterate. So I'm not going to not teach on something because I, man, I tell you what, I don't want this generation to get ripped off by the lies of the enemy and not understand some of these beautiful principles that I've lived for since I've been born again. They could look at some Instagram and gave, you know, I, I, I did a GoFundMe or I gave to a, a, a relief fund or what have you or a ministry or what have you, and they go, well, I tithe. Well, I would say, I don't think you did because I believe the tithe is given to God through the church. And I'll show you that in just a few minutes. I read this week that an average of 5% tithe in the Big C Church, 5%. 5%. And we can get all super spiritual and go, well, the New Testament, we give everything to God. It's because of grace. And it sounds beautiful. And it sounds so spiritual. But whenever I read that only 5% tithe, I think, man, that's a good thought and beautiful verbiage, but show me the action. I believe tithe is intentional, a principle of giving first, best, and not what is left over. You don't have to be circumcised down there. That was a law. Right? All the guys said, amen. But men and women, we have to be circumcised here. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if I had a wallet right now, that thing is so connected to my heart. It's ridiculous. You don't have to work to get to heaven. But I'll show you my faith by my works. I, to this day, don't want to murder, steal, commit adultery, any of those things. Those things are in the law, correct? So there's beautiful things in the law that carries over, I believe, for us today that we should do. I don't have to tithe, but it's a principle of love and giving to the Father. I want to show you a couple of radical scriptures in the Bible, New Testament, New Testament generosity. You ready for this? You, you ready for something radical? Yes. New Testament? Acts 5, 1 through 11. I don't have time to read that. You should read it. But the story is a story about Ananias and Sapphira. Sapphira. That it was his wife. And they, listen to what they did. They sold land and then the, God killed them. God killed him. God killed her. 
You're like, they, they, they got killed because they gave? No. While it was theirs, it was theirs. They didn't have to do it. <laughs> Why did God kill them? Because they lied to the Holy Ghost. What's your point today, J.O.? If we don't give, we're going to die? That's not my point at all. Don't even say that. Don't even think that. Here's my point. The radical generosity of the New Testament. They were, they were selling land <laughs> and giving from that point and place. That's some radical, crazy generosity, wouldn't you think? Now, how, how many of you don't agree with me? Because some of y'all are real quiet right now. <laughs> how many of you sold land and you gave to the church? Right? Don't raise your hand. I'm just saying that's radical generosity in the New Testament. So maybe the New Testament folks knew what was going on. Just maybe. Maybe they didn't have to talk about this thing called tithe. Something was going on, yo. Well, let's look at another radical place of generosity. Mark 14, 3. While he was in Bethany reclining at a table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came in with an alabaster jar, very expensive perfume, and uh, made of pure nard, right? How many ever heard this story? How many sing songs about this? <laughs> she broke the jar. When you break something, it all comes out. It's not like, I'm going to break it and give me a little nard. When you break it, it all flows. When you, she had one thing in mind. She was bringing her best. She was bringing her all. She was giving it to Jesus. She broke it, poured the perfume on his head. Jesus is like, that. man, the disciples started manifesting. Because it gets in our soul. Right? You would have too, probably. We could have gave that money to so many people. We could have done this. We could have done that. He's like, chill, man. She's anointing me for my burial. You'll always have the poor with you. But here's the point. What's your point, J.O.? What's your point? That jar was probably worth, listen, 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 one year wages. Right. <laughs> 10%? No. One year radical generosity, New Testament giving. Here's a beautiful passage that, once again, I, I, I want to direct you to to read, but I won't read it. It's uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 6-14, and it's Paul. Paul, if anybody knew the law, it was Paul. He was a Pharisee. He was strict. Benjamin, that brother knew the law, right? And so he teaches on generosity. And this is where you, you'll hear some of the New Testament things that we say, like uh, whatever man sows, he'll reap, be a cheerful giver, so forth and so on. In that passage, he never mentions tithe. Never. Not one time. I have a question. I wonder, I just wonder the percentage of the church that gave with Paul's exhortation. I wonder who and how much, knowing the culture they lived in and knowing who Paul was. I just lay that at your feet. Here's Exodus. Listen to this one. Exodus 23, 19. A. I said A because B is don't boil 
in, 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 in the milk of a goat or something like that. It's like, okay, I don't know why that's connected there. There was obviously a reason there. I don't know, but here's the beginning of that verse. The best of the first fruits of your ground you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. Everyone say first fruits. First fruits. It didn't say first fruits go to Instagram. In this case, in this case, it goes to the house of the Lord. Oh, J.O., that's Old Testament. Well, there's this thing that the New Testament calls Jesus' church the bride. And guess where the bride meets? Typically in the house of the Lord. Can you meet in your house? Absolutely. But it meets in the house of the Lord. Where do you think tithe and offerings go this day? And how it's used. It's used a lot like the Old Testament. And look what Galatians 6.10 says. I hope you're getting some of these down or you go back. Uh, Galatians 6.10 says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Old and New Testament has a lot to do with the house of God. One time, Ray Dean and I, here, I'm going to tell a carnal story, my carnality and my flesh. Can I do that? I try to live very transparent so that I know you know how I feel and you know how I feel and you can feel me and I can feel you in these subjects. I had never heard teaching on first fruits before, ever. Never. We're at Capitol Church in Meridian where I was on staff over Gen Men, Logan. And the teaching is on first fruits. And I'm like, yeah, that's good. Yeah. My wife writes a check. Empties my savings. <laughs> Our savings. Empties it. You'd be like, oh, J.O., you were just so excited. You praise God. I was ticked and walked out of the sanctuary. Because I was in the flesh. And I was like, woman, what are you doing? Probably one of the best things that's ever happened to me. I thank God for Rady. I thank God for her faith. I thank God that she did that. And she coined the phrase, let generosity be the boss of me. Our first, you wouldn't believe how God has taken care of us because of, I think, of our honor unto the Father. Was I, was I upset at that moment? I was very upset. Like, angry, mad, wanting to fight, mad. I'm just being honest. And I thank God for my wife's uh, wisdom and her faith. Somebody say faith. faith. If you feel like you're an owner, you may only maybe, listen, look, look, look at me for a minute. I don't want no one feeling shame. This is not a place of shame. I don't know what you do. I'm just sharing from my heart. If you feel like you're an owner, you may only possibly tip God. God don't need your tip. He don't even need your tithe. He don't need your offering. He needs your heart. <laughs> 
If you're a steward, I believe you'll at least tithe. Jesus addresses this. He addresses it to the Pharisees. He says, woe to you Pharisees, Luke eleven forty two. for you tithes. Everyone say tithe. He saw they were doing. Jesus, I think tithe. <laughs> he was a carpenter. I think he tithe. But he was under the law. And it says, mint and rue and every herb and neglect justice and the love of God. These you sh- ought to have done. Hey, you should tithe. Talking to the Pharisees without neglecting the others. What's God dealing with right here? I'm going to tell you right now what he's dealing with. He's dealing with our heart. The whole aspect of it. Radine and I, once again, I like to put me in personal so you know how we roll. Because I'm the pastor. We're both pastors here. I want you to know how we roll. Radine and I don't pay our bills and see what's left over to give to God. Never. It's our first. It's our tithe. It's the principle of first fruits. I would never want to eat my seed. I I would never want to eat my seed. I personally believe it's, if it's leftovers, it's not a tithe because it wasn't your first. We're we're, we're squeaking into, into faith now. First tithe, somebody say Abraham. This is, this, this is the point. Tithe first requires faith. And that's what God loves from us. God doesn't need a tithe. He doesn't need our offering, like I said. But I need it. And when you give God a tip at the end, it doesn't take faith. You following that? It doesn't take any faith. It's like, I know people, I got good friends who at the end of the year, I just, not here in my life at other places, because I don't know what happens here. They've kind of waited to the end of the year and get caught up on their tithe. And I'm like, I personally would never do that because it's a place of honor. Even if you do, uh, you know, your, your finances come out for a tithe uh, automatically, that's absolutely fine. But just always remember to honor the Father. Are you following me? It's not like paying a little visa bill. I need it. I need to absolutely desire and honor God, honor his bride. I need to break greed and materialism in my life. Most people probably have some type of money issues. If you have too, if, if your problem is you got too much money, I can take care of that. <laughs> but a lot of the issues that people deal with, like I have, is budgeting, greed, overspending, addiction. But I believe in honoring God with your first will absolutely change those habits. Are you following me? It will change the habits. Let me show you this scripture. It's an, it's an Old Testament scripture, but it's beautiful. And it's a, just about two pages before the New Testament. You follow me? It says, bring all the tithe in the storehouse. And there, that there would be food in my house. I want you to see this right here. 
This is the only place I, I see this. Now, because now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get back to this. Somebody says, try me. Say that with me, try me. I'm going to get back to that. 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 That's going to be my, my biggest challenge to you today. Not from me, but from the Father. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven, pour out on you such blessing, wow, that there will not be room enough to receive it. I love this part. I will rebuke the devourer. I'm going to get back to that for your sake so that you so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine bear, uh, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. Somebody says the devourer. He will not destroy you. Well, that that word means to eat up. He's not gonna. It's not like you work all the time and you're like, Jay, I work all the time, and it's like I have. All my pockets has holes in them because I don't know where the money goes. It just goes away. He devours. I believe today that the Father will still do this on your behalf. He will rebuke the devourer on your behalf. Gee, I thought you said it wasn't law. It's not a law. But you don't think that you don't think it matters to God if we honor him? It matters to him a lot. I want to close today with a few reasons why I choose to tithe, Radin and I. Here's my reasons. Number one, to honor God. I want to honor him. Number two, I believe the Bible instructs us in this subject, Old and New Testament. Number three, it's holy unto the Lord. It's holy unto the Lord. I want God, number four, I want God to know he has all of my heart. Like Jesus said, number f- whatever number it is, it's better to give than it is to receive. God says, I love a cheerful giver. I want to be that. Here's our statement at Heart of the City Church. We give because we love, for God so loved the world. I know that God will take care of me. When I place him first, uh, I'd rather God absolutely, the blessing of God rests up on my 90% big time. I don't want to eat my seed, and I know that whatever I sow, I will reap. Another principle, but it's real. So, this is my closing. Four translations. You ready for this? Back to Malachi. Four translations. Prove him. That's what he says in one. Try him. Test him. Try it. If you've never practiced that, and you don't have to call it tithe, if that gets all jacked up in your head, somehow you don't like that, just Do what he says. You, not me, not for me, not for any, for you. Try him, test him, prove him, try it. I have a good friend that, 
I asked, no, I didn't ask. I didn't know this. LT chose to do this, that we're going to receive tithes and offerings at the end of the gathering. Kind of makes sense for what we're, we're talking about today. But I had a good friend that, that he is one of the sweetest, beautiful brothers I know. And he shot a video of the ushers would get, if you have to get anything ready, would you show this video just from his heart in this area, not really tithe, but just generosity. Would you play that? My name is Cheston, and I wanted to share with you what generosity means to me. One thing I get really excited about with generosity is that I get two sources of joy generally. The first source of joy is I get peer to peer. And that means that's the look on somebody's face that I get when I, when I give them something or the satisfaction I know that I'm supporting something that's bigger than myself. The second source of joy that I get when it comes to generosity is I know that I'm investing in the kingdom of God. And I don't mean just the kingdom of God on earth, I mean the kingdom of God in heaven for eternity. And sometimes I do get discouraged because I don't always get to see that joy face to face when I'm giving something, but I'm reminded that God is not gonna be mocked at somebody's generosity and we will reap what we sow. And I know, I know, I know that if I'm giving, I'm building the kingdom for where I'm gonna live in eternity. And that would be like getting 100X on a stock account and, and being pumped about it every day. And that's, that's really what generosity does and that's what it means to me.